Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert out in Australia. And and Josh, how is the Aussie summer going? You had a good week so far? Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, yeah, we've um, we've had some nice weather. I went to uh, Australia South Africa cricket last week, though, uh, and didn't watch a ball bowl ah. bowl because of of the weather. But this week, much nicer. Sunday was very nice. Got a little bit sunburned at the weekend. Um, you know, as they say, you can take the boy out of England, but can't take the England out of the boy. Uh, and that was yeah. very true with my with my uh, tomato face as I walked into <laughs> the office on uh, uh, on Monday classic i bet everyone made a comment they just couldn't keep it to themselves uh yeah. you, you burnt mate do you get burnt um yeah. classic. uh funny enough actually that south africa australia game was south africa's first drawn test series in like 40 games or something crazy like that maybe since 2019 which was a mental stat they always had a result either way which in cricket certainly with the weather is is pretty fascinating um, yeah, I was ex- I was explaining today about draws in cricket today uh, to somebody in the office, and it was quite funny. We were uh, having a conversation. He said, "What? After four days, they still drew five days? Like, yeah. Yes, or five days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yes, that is cricket. Yeah, yeah. To someone who who doesn't understand the sport, they must think it's like Quidditch. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty mental. Uh, hopefully, we can explain things better today. <laughs> We've got U.S. inflation, which obviously we have to." to talk about that's pretty much set in stone for us to discuss every month without fail second topic is going to be about the recent rise that we've seen in crypto um, which is getting people pretty excited and then we'll wrap up this week by talking about the u.s bank earnings as u.s earnings season starts up again yeah sounds good to me as you say inflation top of the the conversation as usual right now and i think probably will drive most of the market conversation this year as well so yeah yeah and, and actually just before we discuss us inflation uh, i've got another quiz question for our listeners uh let us know by the way if you got last week's question right um but this week uh and i'll give the answer near the end of the podcast at some point but the question is when was the last time other than 2020 that unemployment was this low in the United States. So we had the, the jobs numbers um, recently. Um, and last Friday's unemployment reading came in at 3.5%, which was tied with pre-pandemic lows. But that was the lowest rate we've seen since what year? That's the question and answer will be at the end of the podcast. Josh, any 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 idea? Yeah, I actually think I know the answer to this one. Um, so I, I probably I won't I won't say it, I won't give it away. I'll let people guess. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I think I know the answer to this already. So I've uh, I've read it previously in my uh in my looking under the hood of unemployment in the US. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully some people are in the same situation because they've been doing their research. But if not, we've got you covered here. Uh US inflation, then uh talk to me what we're thinking about it. How key is this release? Uh, 
is peak inflation confirmed? Do the Feds, economists and the market all agree with each other? Josh, tell us all. I would, I'm good. We've reached peak inflation. <laughs> look, I mean, look, if we haven't reached peak inflation by this point, we are going to have a very, very hard recession. Oh, can you mind. imagine? Oh, my. oh, all of that undone. Um, but yeah, look, I think, it, as you say, we sort of discussed it. It's the most important number in markets right now. Um, and it's going to set the tone for markets in Q1. Um, and this release, I think, could be setting the overall tone for the rest of 2023 you know if we if we get a you know a weaker you know number here or, or a declining number that that beats estimates um you know what a start to the year we're looking for a sixth straight month of declines um we've obviously got that sort of slump from from china in commodity prices um obviously we, we look backward looking here we're not looking at the rally we've had in, in obviously the last sort of week or so in the in the reopening we've got those easing supply constraints and 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 these are sort of helping the the feds in inflation fight um so i think we can be sort of positive in in some sense but with inflation and the fed you you really don't want to get ahead of yourself do you, you don't really want to start getting excited because that's when it all gets undone um but expectations are for headline inflation set to fall to six and a half percent um with a low estimate in there about 6.3 percent um which would be a lovely figure for it to, to come out at but we had 7.1 percent uh the month prior core cpi which is a big focus that you know a lot of analysts um and investors tend to look at that's going to increase 0.2 percent month on month um and it will be 5.6 percent from a year earlier compared to six percent prior um so again those are the key numbers to sort of keep an eye on again pretty standard above that sort of six and a half percent probably going to see some market weakness below that number we're probably going to see some market positivity as it probably means that the fed might be able to sort of navigate that soft landing there's still hope of that i think i think we there's a glimmer of hope but it's still potentially there um but what we're looking for is we're looking for broad falls in pressures from goods to services, the labor market. They're going to be key focuses. And I think that helps set the scene for another slowdown, as we sort of said, in this sort of jumbo rate hike cycle the Fed have been on um, with a 25 basis point hike, likely the next move for Jerome Powell. Yeah. And markets are starting to sort of price this in. We've got a 77% chance uh, that the Federal Reserve will raise rates by 25 basis points at the end of the month, um, early February, um, continuing to obviously on that slowdown um, of those increases, looking to then um, at some point get a pause in there, whether that be in March or you know just after that March meeting. Um, but I think what's key here, we had obviously um, Jerome Powell, depending on obviously when listeners uh, listen to this, but Jerome Powell speak, um, on Tuesday night in the US. Um, and he has reiterated a number of times that the Fed still have work to do to obviously bring inflation down. He's obviously trying to keep markets, you know, tight and under wraps. Uh, and he said yesterday that it would require some tough decisions that are likely going to be unpopular to bring inflation back to target. Um, we don't like to hear that, Mr. J Powell. Um, yeah. But it underscores that sort of persistent problem that the Fed is facing. So, you know, for inflation to slow down and to get to where we want it to be, it must, you know, the Fed must slow the economy, 
but a slower economy um you know specifically is going to obviously affect the housing market and then will obviously lead to unemployment as well which we we spoke about just a minute ago and that's obviously not a great sort of look as well um and they've insisted a number of times that sort of markets um or sorry interest rates have, have still got to go sort of much higher the the worry for me is that the fed tends to err on the side of doing too much rather than too little um and I think that's where we could sort of risk that hard landing sort of coming in. But um, Mr. Ben Layla put out a lovely note a few days ago, um, looking back at sort of some of the history of sort of bear markets in previous years. So we saw the index S&P 500 fall down by 19% last year. But history is on your side. Um, consecutive down years are rare for equities, uh, with an average of an 18% S&P 500 annual gain after big falls. So history is on your side there. So we've got to take positivity when it comes. Um, and inflation is inflation falling is is the key to that view. Um, and a lower reading this week, uh, as I say, will will be will be really key. Yeah, it'd be welcomed. It will will be welcomed. I mean, we're expecting thursday's cpi report and for those listening in the uk that's going to be 1 30 p.m 8 30 a.m for those in the states um and everyone else you're gonna to have to work out your own time based off, off that because i'm i'm not clued up enough to know that but thursday's us cpi report will likely as josh was saying show the sixth consecutive month of lower year-on-year -year cpi and inflation rate below seven percent for the first time since november 2021 which would be pretty impressive when you think about just the direction of of that um and quite interesting you mentioned there about the, the 25 basis point being around 75 78 percent um chance if we go back a month ago to the 9th of december it was 40 percent and a 50 percent uh basis point hike was was 50 percent priced in and that's now 21 percent. so you can see just the the direction of change of the markets and if you look at things as well we are a little bit higher as well there so yeah that fed meeting is not for another 21 days so literally three weeks from from today where we were recording it we're going to know a lot more about this inflation reading you'd imagine is going to change those expectations one way or another uh second topic and and we caught up yesterday uh to do a little bit of recording and you mentioned bitcoin and had a, a number of successive days to the upside in in a row and i'm starting to see crypto twitter pipe up again which is always good fun and, and people in general are getting excited and you know what I'm, I'm all here for it i really am um how are you seeing things you know what's happened recently and and i know it's a massive question and and you might need a crystal ball for it but could the, could the low be in you know give us give us a nice balanced view yeah well look it was um it was a tough 2022 to be a, a bitcoin investor or just a crypto investor um in in general we obviously had ftx we had um luna just to, to name sort of a few um 65 um retracement in bitcoin but Bitcoin is showing it might be down, but it's certainly not out. 
Um, we've had, as you say, nine out of 10 positive sessions to start 2023. We've pushed above 17,000 US dollars. Uh, that's for the first time in, in over a month. Uh, we obviously had that positive jobs data from the US last Friday. We sort of obviously, you know, took from that, that as we sort of discussed then briefly, that the US could still avoid a recession and, and put off that soft landing, which sort of sparked a, you know, a little bit of hope with investors um, that again, that maybe, as you say, we're seeing that low again, come back to it. But I think the inflation data is obviously going to be key. And that's going to be another catalyst, I think, for another leg higher if the market likes the report. Um, sets the scene again um, for the Fed to, to obviously cut rates, meaning investors feel more comfortable then starting to add risk to their portfolios. Obviously, none more than, than crypto in that sense. Um, wouldn't like to call the low just yet, particularly until after that CPI print. Um, I think if we get a good number, then I think we can quietly confident, um, quietly confidently say that we've had the worst of it. I think if that number comes in where we want it to be, it could be, it could be the worst we've had. But having said that, we still haven't ever had a real recession for crypto um hmm. 2020 really wasn't um you know that we had that v-shaped recovery it wasn't really a a recession uh, as such this would be the first sort of real recession um that, that bitcoin would have to deal with so that puts it in sort of uncharted territory which again given that we just don't know how it will react we can make predictions but unfortunately as you say we don't have crystal balls so we are sort of then in the unknown um we do believe that if we do get a recession that it would be a mild recession um which would likely leave crypto in still a bit of a better place um We've got some technical analysts calling for further downside, which again could be on the cards. And of course, we've still got lots to sort of play out from the fallout of, of obviously FTX. We've got some recent news as well from from Silvergate and other exchanges. So I think that's the reason that if we do see a new low, I think it would be outside of the macro front and more from unprecedented events. Uh, again, that comes back to CPI data. CPI data comes in hotter than expected. Then, of course, macro is likely to be a driver of, of the market lower. But if we do get a, a nice print, um, you know, another decline and a strong decline, and we are seeing inflation come down, um, you know, sharply, then I think that it's going to be unprecedented events that, that drive it lower. But for me, I think um, we, we've sort of passed the worst of it. Most of, you know, whether that's stocks or crypto is starting to price in the, the worst of it and pricing in you know, really a recession already. Markets are pretty much anticipating a recession there. But we're also seeing, you know, low crypto volatility, historically low volatility, um, something that we're obviously not used to. Um, and that sort of signifies the, the sort of consolidation that we've seen across the market, particularly in Bitcoin, trading in that tight range for, for a very lo long time now. Um, but I think lot, lo lots to be excited about, I think, in 2023, more, up more upgrades for Ethereum, uh, it's going to make it cheaper, more scalable um, on the network. And, and I think we'll just continue to see capital flow back into to crypto over time. But yeah, look, as as I've said a few times, we've got to take those that positivity when it comes. Um, and hopefully there's going to be a bit more positivity uh, come Thursday after that CPI report for Bitcoin. Oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, just, just while we're sort of on us data I'll, I'll answer the, the the quiz question um so the question just for any of those that can't quite remember want to have a final guess 
US US unemployment, which came out uh, last week, uh, moved down to 3.5% for the December reading, which was tied with pre-pandemic levels for the lowest rate we have seen since. Josh, do you want to have a, a guess? You reckon you've seen it. So you've either read correctly or you've seen something else. Which one is yeah, well, I read I read uh, when I was reading uh, about unemployment, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it says this is the lowest rate we've seen in 52 years. So that would take us back to the 1970s. Yeah, 1969, 1969. Incredible, really. And that is very, very strong. Uh, but of course, that was what it was just before um, the the pandemic uh 3.4 percent may 1969 if you want to go lower than that you've got to go to june 1953 where it was 2.5 percent uh the peak during the pandemic 14.7 percent which is look it's high and historically the highest that i can see on this chart that i'm looking at but not like crazy high so 14.7%. Uh, just some stats for you to chuck out there at the pub later I don't know on. If you saw the um, the chart I sent earlier. Uh, you might not have seen it. But in Australia, there is, um, in the unemployment market here, there is a job or or close to uh, a job for every person unemployed. unemployed. Yeah, I did see it, yeah. Yeah, so it's about 0.9. So vacancies per head of unemployed is at about 0.92%. So... Yeah, yeah well, it's quite funny, certainly with, with the US data, you're seeing tweets when the market goes lower off any job news, like the jolts or whatever. It's like market moves lower as me- Americans remain employed, <laughs> which is <laughs> baffling to, to yeah. newer investors to think about. But it's like, yeah, but as long as people remain in jobs, this market um, is, is not going to go higher. Um, so bad news is good news and good news is bad news news. yeah crazy Uh, okay last subject for for us today but not least by the way uh, is US bank earnings and we're starting to see on the earnings front a lot of dates um, come out for companies there's still a few that have yet to say their date that they're releasing their earnings but the banks kick things off this week uh, and some the beginning of, of next week. What are we keeping a close eye on? What are we expecting? And and, and can it be a bellwether for, for things to come during the, the earnings season, do you reckon? Yeah, I think the key focus for the banks is going to be loan loss provisions, mm. um, really with around sort of recession talks. Um, JP Morgan set to put aside the most loan loss provisions to cover those bad loans in a quarter since 2020, since the pandemic. That is for me, a reflection of a preparation for economic shocks. Ultimately, um, having said that the bank of America have put out a report that actually says um, in, in sort of internal data, that median household sort of savings um, and sort of standard accounts remain above pre-pandemic levels. Spending on debit and credit cards has continued to rise. Obviously, 2023 is going to be more challenging, but consumers still seem to be in relatively good shape. So banks are putting aside these provisions, which could ultimately mean 
um, that we see weaker earnings from that. And I think that trend could be something to watch across the major banks, Citigroup, Bank of America, et cetera. Um, and the, the increasing of these reserves are obviously going to cut into the bottom line. And that's a worry across the banks, um, especially when we think about expenses. We've got Goldman and Morgan Stanley. They're two who have already publicly said redundancies and bonus cuts are going to be happening. Sorry, bankers, but you're not going to get 50 million this year. You're only going to get 40 million. Oh, um, poor people, eh? Oh, goodness. Blimey. Um, but across it, fact set. Um, who are usually a great indicator from earnings season, believe that we're expected to see 28 billion in profits uh, in the fourth quarter for banks, which would be down 15%. And again, um, that's sort of ref a reflection of those loan loss provisions. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think revenues, we will see an increase uh, rising from a year earlier. That's going to be obviously in the... Um, in the sense, because we've obviously got higher interest rates, we've widened that gap between sort of the big commercial banks um, and what they pay depositors, and then obviously what they earn lending money out as well. So we've got net interest income, which is basically what that is, could be slightly better across the banks. Um, in Q3, we have Bank of America and, and a few other banks reporting higher than expected revenue as well, deposits up, loans up as well. Um some big challenges, though, investment banking, that's obviously going to remain a big challenge. Uh, the amount earned in fees from advising on deals, listings, trading amid these sort of market conditions. I can't even remember the last time I saw an IPO. Um, so that's obviously going to reduce, um, obviously, you know, revenue on that side. And again, obviously, you know, the underwriting of new debt, equity raises, IPOs, et cetera, like I say, are all going to play a huge part. So I think it's going to be pretty mixed, but we're quite positive overall on the banks. Um, longer term, look, they're cashed up. Um, you know, the, you know, JP Morgan have got a huge balance sheet. They're heavily stress tested. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty much in a position to survive pretty much almost anything that's thrown at them unless we get one of the worst recessions that we've ever seen in history um which as we've said a few times is is unlikely so again we don't think there's going to be a lot of positivity coming from here just because of those loan loss provisions but revenues are i think are going to be better um but the market might take um sort of probably the earnings decline and profit declines from year over year as maybe the headline figure that they run with um but as i say i think the net interest income will be a bit of a focus as well so if if the street focuses on that instead of the earnings um then then we could see some positivity yeah and, and let's just run through some of those dates with some of the the banks you've mentioned there jp morgan the 13th bank of america the 13th uh wells fargo January the 13th and Citigroup the 13th as well. And they will all be before the cash open. Of course, not after because it'd be the weekend. So anything, any earnings that you have on Friday in the US are always before the cash open. Another fact for you all there. Uh, and then on on the on the Monday, would that be the 17th? Or would that be the Tuesday? Let me have a quick look at my calendar. That'd be the Tuesday. Uh, you've got a few other ones to 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 keep an eye on uh, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, both on the 17th, and Charles Schwab, Schwab on the 18th there as well. Um, all of this can be found. I'm sure uh, people use the eToro calendar, but you'll be able to find the dates on there and also Thinviz 
which is a great website that I, I use there. It shows you all the dates for companies within the S&P 500. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. I mean, this time next week, we're going to know a lot more about the market. We'd have had a jobs report. We would have had an inflation report, which hopefully will be a little bit better. We'll know kind of how earnings may be going. Uh, and the market will most likely have moved significantly higher or lower. It feels like it's ready to go one way or or it feels like it's coiling up for something. My my fingers are crossed. Uh, but Josh, I'll see you uh, next week. We're actually also going to discuss the latest. Um, we do uh, every quarter. We do the, the retail investor beat, which will be really interesting. Really interesting look about the last quarter. So we'll discuss that as well. But Josh, as usual, thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. And uh, see you all next week. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.